You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Seven minutes now before four o'clock. We're in conversation next with Professor Eliken Ayo Youssef, who's a chairperson of the School of Health Systems and Public Health in the universe in the Faculty of Health Science at the University of Pretoria. So, as part of tackling a rise in youth vaping, the United Kingdom will soon introduce legislation uh, to ban disposable e-cigarettes. The ban is being introduced after back a public consultation on smoking and vaping showed that nearly seventy percent of the respondents, including parents, teachers, healthcare professionals, were in favor of the measure. Health experts have welcomed the proposal, with some saying the legislation would um, have major public health impact across many future generations. For more on this, let's now speak to Professor Liken Ayo Yusuf. Uh, Prof, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. The thing about vaping is that it's always been sold as the quote-unquote healthier option from tobacco. Good afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. Yes, indeed, uh, that's what the tobacco industry uh, wants us to believe. And I think it's important and about time that we stick to science. And this is the beauty of science. So science has shown that this particular disposables are very attractive to young, uh, to young people and children in particular, particularly when they are flavored. And we've said this many a times. Um, studies in South Africa have also shown that those who use e-cigarettes on a daily basis are more likely to be using these um, disposables. And these are not people who are necessarily trying to quit, but these are young people who you know, taking on a new fashion. So when we talk about healthier or alternative or harm reduction, we look at it at an individual and at the population level. And the focus should be on public health, which is at population level. So if, on the one hand, one or two people quit smoking, and you have about 50 young people starting e-cigarette use, however low the risk might be relative to smoking, and they eventually even move on to smoking, the population harm is much more worse than any benefit to one or two individuals. And this is what informed uh, the decision in the UK. So, so what, what, what are the downsides of, um, of vaping compared to having tobacco as we become used to it through cigarettes? So vaping by itself provides you nicotine and therefore it is addictive behavior to the extent that you develop tolerance and you are not able to quit and you continue to spend money on, on vaping. In addition to that, Vaping is not just you inhaling vapor of water, but there's a lot of chemicals as well in vapor that are not good for the lungs. For example, when you heat up up to 100 degrees centigrade, strawberry, which is the flavor in that, it turns to acroline, which is an irritant to the lungs. So it's not like you have flavors and you can eat strawberry, but when you heat that up, it converts to a different chemical, and that irritates the lungs. So we are still spending time to understand. It took about 50 years, by the way, to fully understand the dangers of smoking. Because industry continued to deny that tobacco did not cause cancer until these long studies that went through. So we are saying we don't need to experiment with the whole population. The discretionary principle says we should take regulation. So, Prof, is vaping considered smoking, smoking? As we know, smoking in the traditional sense of smoking, including, for instance, in South Africa, we have a ban 
on smoking in uh, public areas and smoking inside buildings buildings as well there's some restrictions to that um, and what I've realized as well, even sometimes in social settings, in public spaces as well, is that it almost seems that vape- vaping has been allowed to continue and it's not considered as traditional smoking. So that's the challenge in South Africa today. And this is the reason why we have a new bill to make sure that we are able to regulate electronic cigarette use the way we regulate smoking. There might be some nuances and differences which might come under the regulation, but the legislative framework should be the same. In other words, in principle, you should not be fining people vaping all over because what we know is when the young people see you vaping, they're more likely to want to vape, apart from the fact that the aerosols from vaping, when you inhale that, you can also get irritants. So it is imperative that the current bill gets passed urgently. And it's quite sad that we always have to wait for the UK or the US to take action before we can protect our people. And this is really the most frustrating aspect. The industry have always used the UK to say UK allows e-cigarettes. So in other words, South African government should not regulate e-cigarettes. Now, UK has obviously banned e-cigarettes because they are all... They're protecting their people. So we should be bold enough to put on legislation and pass this legislation as urgently as we can. Yeah. Do you think that that should extend to um, the so-called hubbly-bubbly? Oh, no. In fact, hubbly-bubbly is even worse in the continuum of risk. So hubbly is actually currently regulated under tobacco control law. So everything that you see is happening with hubbly is actually just pure non-compliance because obli is tobacco, pure tobacco. You have some strawberry in it, but it is tobacco. In other words, the current tobacco law applies. You should not be smoking obli indoors. You should not be advertising obli. Children should not be able to buy obli. So whatever you are saying now, all those establishment should actually stop it immediately and the Department of Health should enforce that law. Thank you so much for your time. That is Professor Likan Ayo Yusuf, who is a director um, for the Center for Tobacco Industry Monitoring and Policy Research and also the head of a School of Health Systems and Public Health at the University of Pretoria.